White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 509. 10, 9, 8, 7, ignition sequence started, all engines are started. We have ignition, 2, 1, 0, we have a liftoff. We have a liftoff and it's lighting up the area. It's just like daylight here at Kennedy Space Center. The second five is moving off the tail. It is now clear to the tower. Hello and welcome to the White Rocket Podcast, brought to you by White Rocket Entertainment, along with all of our great supporters via Patreon.com. I'm Van Allen Plexico. We are now joined by my daughter, Mira Plexico. Hi. Who has read both books, and I wanted to get your reaction, your feelings on Ready Player Two. So first... Uh, tell the listeners your background in terms of when did you first read the first one and what you thought about the first one. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure I read the first one when I was in fifth grade, so that would have been like two, maybe two and a half years ago. And I really liked it. I'm pretty sure I read it in like two days because it's <laughs> just it's really good. You'd seen the movie first, right? I think so. And then you decided you wanted to read the book. Yeah. Because you were playing um, the audiobook in the car. And I'm like, oh. This is really good. Like, what is it? Yeah. Oh, the Will Wheaton performance is so great, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. He, he really sells it. Like, I just, like, I imagine Parswell having Will Wheaton's voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, well let me, I want to ask you that for a second. Think about the movie. Honestly, I love the cast of the movie. Yeah. But, uh, and especially H and Artemis. I mean, Shoto. Sh- show. And and Dido are great too. I feel like that the, the that Wade is like the weak link on that cast. I like him the least Ouch. of the five. I mean, am, am I wrong there? I mean, not really. The two ladies are great, right? They're yeah. they're perfect for their roles, and 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 um, Dido and Show are so good. Much more appealing than in the book, I think. I think movie Dido and Show. They're just yeah. friendlier, more cooperative. In the book, they they're very standoffish and kind of almost hostile a lot of the time yeah also like they made shoto like a lot younger in the movie it's true i like completely forgot that shoto wasn't 11 years old <laughs> when i was reading the second book um because i hadn't read the read the first one in a hot second and i'm like wait he's 18 now he's <laughs> grown like like aged like more than five years in the span of two years Huh? <laughs> Apparently ninjas hug now. Because <laughs> he's married and has a kid on the way. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so when you went into this book, reading number two, were you did you have the movie more on your mind or the first book more on your mind in terms of how it was gonna follow up? I don't really know. I think I like mm, Or had they blurred together in a way. A little bit. You know, because like I hadn't read the first one in a while i had like just seen the the movie or yeah we rewatched it yeah and you know i just like i had like i was thinking about the movie i'm like okay they're not i mean they're different and all but like they're not that different so i can just use that as reference or something (laughs) hate on me if you want to um but like i was really i was thinking about the movie a lot more i think because i just like 
Yeah. Well, how many times did we see the movie just in the theater? Maybe, Maybe five. Five? Four? Yeah. I think I went and saw it first, and then you and I yeah. saw it five times after that. So I think I've seen it six in the theater, and you've seen it five with me in the theater. And then we've watched mm-hmm. it on video two or three at least. Million times. M- million, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do love the movie as well as the book. I, which one do you like better? Do you have a preference? I mean, I kind of have them equal just because they each do different things. They're like, it's like if I was to, you know, judge them, you know, I feel like that'd be like really hard, you know, because they're both... They're very different, you know, like they're the same story, you know, like at mm. its core, but they just went in complete opposite directions, you know, like a like a ways. tree or something, you know. Yeah. So I like, I I don't know, I, I like the movie a lot, but the book is like really, really good. It's just like, I feel like the book, it fleshed things out a lot more, you know, which mm. is going to be the case with any book, you know, because... When you're in a movie, you've got, like, two hours maximum-ish to, you know, like, tell everything. You can't, like, have, like, 15 minutes where they're just, like, moping around like a loser like Wade is during both books, actually. It seemed like the movie took place in about two days and the book took place in about two years, you know? Yeah. Very different timescale. Because, like, how long do you think, like, the movie actually was like well once he fought once he figures out the race it's just yeah you know boom 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 because he's got like his money now Mm -hmm. he's got his you know his he gets it well it's like once he gets abducted by artemis (laughs) that's i keep forgetting that in the movie he actually does get kidnapped by artemis once they're working together, it just all you know comes together. It, the the movie also never explains. I don't even go the down to the power of friendship. Yeah, I don't mean to go completely down the rabbit hole because we're going to talk about Ready Player Two in a second. But it just occurs to me too that the movie never explains how Daito and Sho end up helping them. They they're barely even mentioned, and then all of a sudden when they go to do the Shining Challenge, they're just there with them. Yeah, it's like there they are. So okay, I guess because they were. I the, like I like that though, because you know they could have like completely excluded them and all, and been like oh, just yeah. like H Artemis and Parzival, you know, and they're just like hanging out doing crap, you know. But instead, we've got you know the the the, the little star, you know, instead of just a triangle. That's true. All right. Well, speaking of the high five, we now have the low five, and I'm not going to get into. Yeah. I'm not going to get into spoilers yet. Let's do a little bit of non-spoilery, and then we'll go into some spoilery. So, all right. I love spoiling. Stuff so the. <laughs> well, um, so going into this book, Ready Player Two, we waited a long time. You you waited a you know a couple of years. I've waited nine years since the first one came out. Ah. Uh-huh. But um. Um, what were your expectations like? Did you did you expect we were just going to get another like regurgitation of the same thing, or did you expect it would be different, or how different? What were you thinking going? In? What was your mindset? I was thinking like my prediction mm-hmm. was that okay, Wade is now dead. It's <laughs> like it's like like, wow. like fifty years in the future oh, okay. or something. All right, Wade is dead. Artemis is dead. H is dead. And then Shoto's dead, and then obviously Dido's dead because he's pretty dead in the book. Yeah, in the book you don't get Dido. <laughs> um, but like I was thinking that he was gonna like take a page out of Halliday's book and like make his own contest, you know? Oh. And then it was gonna be like from the point of view of like somebody new, you know? That's interesting. So that would have been like at the end of the 
the end of the 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 twenties. You know, I'm gonna say right now, I think that I think that this book was what it was because people liked the characters and wanted some more with them. Yeah. But I'm also gonna say I think that I hadn't thought about it at all until you said that. And I think your idea was great. And I think honestly I literally I could have bet my entire life that that was what it was going to be. I honestly think that would have been a stronger story. I think it would have been a stronger story. Really? I think it would have been a stronger story if they had, just what you said, if Wade had gotten to the end of his life and things had changed the way they do in this book, which we'll get to in just a minute, and Wade decided to pass on that to his successor, and instead of like it being Artemis or H, he does another contest in the same tradition and in fact if there's a third book maybe that's what they do maybe maybe Klein wanted to give us one more go around with these characters and then in a third book Wade is the old man that's handing it down I think that's yeah. a really interesting idea and I haven't heard anybody else say that so I'm I'm, I'm very proud of you for coming up with that that's I think what really I was good. thinking I like I was like like I don't know but like when I was reading it I'm like okay this is still from Wade's point of view, but there's two like prologue thingies, two parts mm. of the prologue. Mm. So I was like, okay, we're just like getting insight on the ONI and oh, yeah. Parzival stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get to that, but we didn't ever get to that. <laughs> well, it went in a different so. direction completely. All right. So let's, uh, let's go into some specific spoiler type territory now, talking about the book, what we liked and what we didn't like. Okay. Now, there's, as far as I can recall, the quest that they're on. I want to look at the quest first because that's always the coolest part of these books is the quest they're on and the puzzles. Yeah. In the first book, the quests were things like finding the Dungeons and Dragons tomb of horrors and playing joust. And there was one where he had to find the Blade Runner, you know, building and and do the test and all that. And there was the one with the with Rush with fifty with with. Uh, he had to play the guitar. Yeah, with the guitar and everything. Um, in this one, there's two quests that stand out in my mind. I, I just read it, and the things that stand out in my mind are the John Hughes Shermer Illinois quest. Which that is was cool. awesome. Yeah, because we're I John want Hughes that fans, in real life. And we live here in Illinois, so it's awesome. And the other quest was the one with Prince. Yeah. Now, what am I forgetting? I know they end up on top of the mountain with the little altar or whatever. Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the second oh my age. God. The second age quest. That's right. So there were. So this time there were three. I that was the first. Oh, it was. Like, yeah, Melkor Morgoth. You're right. It is the first age. I'm, I've got second age on my mind because that's what Amazon is getting ready to give us as a television show. Oh. Okay. Amazon's going to do a Lord of the Rings, but it's not going to be. Fine. It's not going to be third age Lord of the Rings. It's going to be second age. Um, but yeah, you're right. This was first age. This was about. Basically, the the big villain that Sauron worked for, which was Morgoth, which was like, yeah, there's really, no way really you're, name. there's no way you're ever, yeah, <laughs> if you thought you were Goth, he's Morgoth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, yeah, so okay, so you had the Lord of the Rings type quest, Middle Earth quest. You had Shermer, Illinois. What a contrast there! And you had <laughs> Prince, and the Prince one seemed to just go on forever. I'm like. Yeah. How long can this battle with princes go on? That was so. All right. First up, which of those three challenges did did you like the best? Weren't there more than? I I can't remember. Those just kind of overwhelmed everything else. I I don't know. Like there was well there was well there was the one that where you had to find Kira's um, Dungeon and Dragons thing. 
Oh yeah, those were smaller. There were like some smaller yeah. ones and some bigger ones. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the ones that seem to go on for like 75 pages each. Yeah. But um, yeah, there were like seven shards, right? Mm -hmm. And so some of them were bigger and to find, and some of them were shorter. In fact, I think the last two were together or something. It seemed like. Sort of. Yeah, they were like running out of time, and he only had four or five of them. So, all right, so let's look at the big three then. Which one did you, okay. did you like the Shermer one the best, or did or because you probably knew the most about it, right? Yeah, I've listened to basically like I don't know how many. I'm just gonna say two Prince songs <laughs> because I you're not a big Prince fan necessarily. Okay. Yeah, he's not one of my top favorites, but I well you don't like play him right. You don't have your Prince phase. No, that's true. In your little carousel. It'll come around eventually, though. <laughs> oh my god, no! I just like I don't. I didn't get basically any of the references. I felt a lot like. Wade in the situation because he's like this is the famous no it's not Wade it's it's a regular <laughs> bridge yeah I just I, oh yeah he I was, died at that he was trying to pretend like he knew more about Prince than he actually knew that was pretty funny <laughs> stop pretending bro that was pretty good yeah <laughs> was it was it H that was the big fan and she was correcting yeah. him yeah yeah um I I did like the idea of the of Prince being like in his different identities his different phases over the years and each one being like a villain a boss that they had to defeat yeah and um and the i liked it band. and they and they were able to incorporate 07 and you watch them fall that song and then they were also able to incorporate one two princes stand before you which is another song from and it's actually from like the early 90s i believe i like that song um but yeah once again klein is very good at finding various pop culture references and kind of tying them together through commonalities like that. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, I like that he had to go to, um, they had, he had to go to, uh, the, the little store mentioned in raspberry beret and he had to stand around until the owner said he didn't like his kind cause he was a bit too leisurely. That's, that's like straight out of the song, right? Okay. He's basically reenacting the lyrics of the song <laughs> until something happens. So, um, we met John Hughes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That huh? was awesome. That was really cool. And um, we need to watch. We need to watch all the John Hughes movies again. I'm gonna say, well, we've seen Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink, and that yeah. one was really important. I was, yeah. see, when we watched Pretty in Pink a while I ago, mean, I was like, I had no idea we were doing homework. Yeah. But you wouldn't have gotten <laughs> any of that if we hadn't watched it. We hadn't just watched it a few months ago. I, I think, I, in in the order of. John Hughes movies that I like the best. Number one is definitely Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I was extremely sad that it wasn't mm. the Ferris Bueller quest. <laughs> if it had been a Ferris Bueller quest, I would have been geeking out. He, literally. They, they did see the the Ferrari though, remember? Yeah. <laughs> you, he says you can't steal the Ferrari unless. And then we saw the house on stilts in the forest. Yeah, yeah. You saw the house on stilts. And he says you're, you're and whoever it was, Artemis or whoever told him, you're not able to steal the Ferrari unless. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Cameron is there yeah. and willing to help you or something. Yeah. You can't steal it at night. You have to t yeah, you have to talk him into helping you steal it. That's hilarious. And then he jumps into your pool and swims <laughs> <laughs> in Um but yeah, so we saw we had just like, seen Pretty in Pink and that was a big part of it. I don't necessarily love Pretty in Pink because because Andy doesn't end up with Ducky. <laughs> And I didn't realize that, that that was supposed to be Iron Man. It was supposed to yeah. be Robert Downey Jr. I am very disappointed. <laughs> I'm very disappointed that Robert Downey Jr. 
what didn't play Ducky because if he had played Ducky, then Andy and Ducky would now be married <laughs> and having children, possibly grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's... <laughs> I, I know. It's very disappointing. Well, it, okay? it, apparently the, the story goes that that was who it was written for and it would have worked. The ending would have worked. Yeah, because she, she thought that she would have more chemistry with... With him, right. Yeah. Didn't have chemistry with John Cryer. And then the audience obviously saw that and said, no, we don't like this. And so he went back and rewrote it to fit uh, to where she ends up with Blaine, right? The other guy. Who is a snobby <laughs> loser. It's just, ew. <laughs> so I feel like the the proper ending to that movie would be like, she she's like, like Ducky and Blaine are standing before her at the prom, like, mm -hmm. Hey Andy, which one of you us are you, are you gonna choose? Huh? Huh? Choose? Choose now? Choose? <laughs> and then she's like, um, I don't really like either of you. Okay, yeah. bye. And then I, she goes home and hangs out with her dad and like does like a jigsaw puzzle. That's <laughs> probably the best outcome she could have had, honestly. Yeah. So all right, we talked about the prince in prince quest a little bit. Shermer quest, the the first age of Middle Earth. What else going on in there? did you particularly like or particularly not like in, in terms of what they were having to do? What about like the, the, the new technology and everything? It's disturbing. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I guess like it's cool, you know, that you can like, you can, wow, you can feel wood grain in a tabletop and you can eat <laughs> an apple. <gasps> wow. You can do that in real life too, you know? <laughs> well, and, and and what is it, you know, Halliday says in the movie, is it, or in the, in the book, too. It's the only place you can get, like, a decent meal. Decent meal, yeah, because reality is real, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> and then, all right, since we're in the spoiler area, that 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 ending with with the spaceship, when as soon as... Like, one thing that want, came out of nowhere. All right, well, hold on. One thing I want to point out, as a writer, you learn, anything that gets mentioned early in a book, it's going to come back later. Yeah. So... And if not, it's poorly written. So when he started talking about this spaceship, I'm like, okay, oh it's going to come back later. And I'm sitting here thinking, how are they going to incorporate a spaceship into this? And the only thing I could think of was that they would take the rogue artificial intelligence of Halliday, Anorak, mm -hmm. and like put it in the spaceship and send that away so that he would be trapped in his own little bubble and couldn't affect the Earth. Yeah, but then he would be like... Oh, God, he'd be creating a new civilization. Well, yeah, end up with V'ger or something, like and from Star Trek. <laughs> That's true. But it would be like the new civilization, Kira would basically be God. Yeah. Because he mentioned in the first book that Halliday was an atheist. That's why they didn't have the Trinity, you know? Oh, yeah. So, well, maybe he makes his own god -dis. Well, it, and then when humans finally go out to that planet... They'll find a, a, a crazy a machine intelligence yeah. running it, like in Star Trek. Yeah, um, that was the other thing I was going to ask you about. Yeah, so this this the spaceship and we. Oh oh, I was. If you had asked me about a hundred pages into that book, does the big red button get pushed before I this book said is yes. over? Absolutely. I was I was a hundred percent sure that this was going to lead to them having to when, blow up the Oasis. Once once they. You know, like introduce the O and I crap. Mm -hmm. 
which the entire time in my mind I was pronouncing Oni because I skipped over, I apparently skipped over the part that said pronounced O-N-I and then I looked back a couple minutes ago and I'm like, oh my god. Nothing that matters. It's, it, it's just like a Japanese demon or something, which was probably, ba basically, probably accurate. Basically. So, but I, if you had asked me, you know, once all the O and I crap was there, I would have said, okay, because they were talking about the firmware update, you know, mm. and mm -hmm. for all the gamers and people who update stuff like your phone or something, there's always going to be little bugs in the in the software and stuff, you know, because you can't really avoid those unless you're, like, coding God or something. Right. But, like, I thought, okay, the firmware stuff, it's going to be, like, you can't, you can't access it with an Oni thing. You're, you're just, like, like, on an endless loop of just, like, black or something. It just, like, doesn't work. So I thought, oh, my God, they're going to be, like, trapped without the Oasis. <laughs> and then they're just, they're going to have to, like, bumble around without the oasis oh, rebuild yeah. society they've gotten so because yeah. he made such a point about how we've gotten so dependent on it yeah that humans have gotten like, so dependent on this this online national world. security mm -hmm. was in there oh everything yeah like, everything that they do was yeah. was run through the oasis which is a, a warning about putting all your eggs in one basket you know mm -hmm. when you run everything through one i mean imagine if everything on earth was run through facebook oh my god <laughs> <laughs> horrifying to consider yeah <laughs> So, any other parts of the book that you want to talk about one way or the other, like stuff that happens along the way? There's, um, you know, there's the... There's, oh, 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 the thing where Halliday was downloading Kira's Brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think about Halliday in this book compared to in the first book in the movie, where he's just kind of like a kindly, sweet it's, man? It's like, like when you're, like, when, when you're little, like, say you watch this, like, kid's show or something... Mm -hmm. And then, like, when you're, like, an adult and stuff, you, you're, like, you just, like, happen to take, like, go, like, down a Google rabbit hole and you end up Googling, like, what happened to, like, the main character, mm -hmm. like, the actor playing the main character. I see where you're going. And then you see that they've become, like, an axe murderer and stuff. Yeah, and then exactly. your entire childhood yes. is just, like, yep. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if it's, anybody it's could. Like, it's like that, just yeah. not your entire your entire childhood just waits. If, if anybody could do that to Halliday, I guess Ernest Cline would be the one, right? Because yeah. it's his character. But did did uh, you did you approve of of that change? Did you think that was a good idea for the story, or did you wish they'd gone in a different direction with it? Honestly, I kind of wish they had left like the Halliday dude alone. Hmm. Had a new villain. Mm -hmm. Sorrento breaks out of prison without Halliday, possibly. Okay. Dot 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 question mark. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I, I, and I, I felt like Sorrento was kind of extraneous, too. I mean, I know they needed a human being to do a few, a couple of the things, and he's the obvious one, but yeah. he really went from being like a, a slightly multi-level character in the first book to just a cartoon character here. He's just, yeah. a, he's just a cartoon character in this book. He's like Tom from Tom and... Or the... Which one or whichever is... Yeah, the cat. the cat. Yeah, no, yeah. He's. I mean, he's just there to serve a plot point. He's, he escapes from prison and he helps like, the AI. All, he was, a, all he was doing really was just like he escaped from prison, you know, that instills fear in the characters, you know. And then he was sitting there pointing a gun, you know, to. Um, oh, at uh, Og? Og, yeah. Mm -hmm. Og. Which isn't anything that a telebot. Well, okay, 
two things actually. Mm-hmm. First of all, him pointing a gun at the t- at Og isn't anything that a telebot couldn't have done. That's true. And then second of all, what the heck is a telebot? Because like, <laughs> I-, I was kind of imagining them as like just like robots that can walk around and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me too. And then I I like I don't really understand them. No, I never really, I never really did grasp. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think that he wanted to have somebody with an actual identity as being the menace. Yeah. You know, it, just having a computer program and then some drones. Also, like, I thought, like, in the beginning of the book, I might have, like, read something wrong. But I thought that in the beginning of the book, like, when Wade realizes that he's trapped inside the Oasis, um, like he realized that he couldn't the little like the little spider thingy bobber that he's you know laying in i thought he realized that he couldn't access that oh yeah and then he accesses at at the end i might have read that wrong i don't remember exactly yeah huh interesting okay all right i did think the batman cave thing was pretty cool because what was that part remind me well he had like this like in his house um, the he had like in his house, you know, like in his room or something, like a little thing that he sat in his little like spider thing, oh, okay. and then it went down like basically like a little elevator oh, thing. Oh right, yeah. Into his like bulletproof missile proof tank proof. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you if natural disaster proof. If you've gone through what he went through when he was Bryce Lynch, and they cut their way through his wall and through his titanium door yeah. and everything. I guess you'd want the most secure <laughs> system you could to protect yourself from. Yeah. And see, that's the kind of thing that I thought was missing. This this was a different kind of story because this was like a race against the clock to solve a crisis, whereas the first one was kind of an open-ended puzzle. You know, in, in the first book, there's a there's a competition in that you, you need to do it before Sorrento does it and the IOI guys yeah, like do the, it, the Sixers. Like, the the first the first one I'm gonna use a math okay. I'm gonna use some math relation I'm gonna relate this to math uh-huh. that sounds better okay so the first book the thing for to get you know Halliday's prize it was like is like somebody like puts on a piece of paper like an algebra equation and it's like x minus two minus z minus y times and then a whole bunch of stuff like that but all of the numbers including the answer are all just like variables and you've only got one number Hmm. and then like the second book it was like 10 minus x equals Hmm. 8.5 you know you like you knew there was an answer kind of not obviously not like the um 10 minus x equals eight or something whatever i said but like much more complicated than that i think it's like really difficult and then and then like yeah that makes no sense i know (laughs) but just like think about it i think we got it all right so let's go on to our final verdict okay we're gonna say i would normally say five stars but i want you to be able to do half so we'll double it and say out of ten so on a scale of one to ten i can't do like Number decimal point? Yeah, you can if you want to. We're on a scale of one to ten. However you want to do it. Oh. Um, well, was it was it better than the first book or not as good as the first book? 
I think it was about as good as a sequel can get. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've always found that, like, at least, like, with, with what I read, trilogies are always the best. Hmm. Or, like, in a series, you know, the second book is always the worst. And then, like, the ones after it, it's, like, it's, like, basically, like, a staircase to getting good. Like, the first book is super, super good. Second book, absolute crap. <laughs> and then it's, like, a little staircase back to getting back to the... Well, I think it's, like, the the first book in any trilogy introduces the characters and the and the and the enemy and you have some kind of a conflict mm -hmm. and it can't be a fatal conflict because the protagonists have to survive for two more books in the second book things usually go bad it's the empire strikes back it's the two towers where you have to leave the characters in a bad state so that people will come back for the third one yeah and in the third one yay everybody wins to some degree you know and you get your satisfying conclusion hopefully so yeah, by its very by their very nature, the middle chapter of anything is not going to be the most uplifting because it's when all the bad it's when you crank up the worst of the bad stuff and you're supposed to leave the hero in a hole trying to dig his his or her way out. So that's totally yeah. legit, and we hope there will be a third one. I mean, because then because I'm just thinking about like like Harry Potter and Percy Jackson and Twilight, like a whole bunch of like and I just like you know like things like that. And, you know, the second book in the Percy Jackson series, I cannot read it. Hmm. I read it once. I nearly bored myself to death. Hmm. And then, like, I put it on my shelf, and I've literally never picked it up again. Except when I got a new bookcase, but that was... <laughs> the The second Harry Potter book, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's not my favorite. Hmm. The sixth one will always be my favorite, you know. Yeah, the sixth one. Because it's, it's awesome. And then, you know, like, the second book in Twilight, you know, Bella's sad because her boyfriend left her. Oh, boo-hoo. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's not great. So where, I, I still haven't been able, to, I can't read it. I can just, like, so, so where do you, how do you evaluate Ready Player Two? Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.2. Okay. 7.2. So, yeah, that's. I really liked it. It, I like didn't want to stop reading, even though I had stuff to do. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was good. What do you think? I think the second half of it really raised the game because the yeah. the, the first half of it. The first half was like. I was not happy. I was like, well, because he he when he yeah. set when he set when when you have that first hundred pages in the first book that's setting everything up. Um, it's not the most exciting thing, but it's new, and you're learning about all this for the first time. He's hitting you with the Oasis. He's hitting you with the Stacks. He's hitting you with all these things with o IOI yeah. and the Sixers, and mm -hmm. he's hitting you with all these things. And you're just and the, and Ludus and the school and H and everything. And there's just so many things coming at you that you're like, oh, let me learn more about that. Let me learn more about that. Whereas the first hundred pages like, of this book is like, he's just saying it, yeah. it's like, look, I'm rich, you know, and I'm rich. I've got a company. Oh no, my girlfriend broke. Right? Yeah, my girlfriend broke up with oh, me. Oh no, my friends don't hang my out. My friends with don't hang exactly. Oh no, I'm back to being a freaking loser. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that the first it's hundred like, pages of this like, book, did... like the part where Wade's like moping around in his own sliminess, it's a lot like when he shaved his eyebrows off and he shaved his hair <laughs> off yeah. when he had the apartment <laughs> yeah. and he was just in the oasis all the time. Yeah, I think he'd be happier in that situation, honestly. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's it. The first one, he's he Wade is poor and miserable, and yet there's all this hope and excitement going forward. Yeah, because he's like the he's like the the he's the underdog, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, the odds are stacked against him. But then he like punch and, punch punches his way through. But this one, the first hundred pages, is the exact opposite. Yeah. He's the richest person in the world, and he's made himself unlikable. Yeah. Even his friends don't like him. He's so annoying. But again, that's a credit to Klein because he wanted to make it different. I, that's the thing I keep reminding myself as a writer is you don't want to do the same thing over and over and over, and so you have to change the formula up. Yeah. And we're not always going to like that formula, but it's necessary to. So that you're not writing the same book over again. I think there are probably some readers out there that would have just wanted this to be the same book over again, you know. And I'm glad it wasn't that. Yeah. So I would probably give it about a 7.8 to 8 because oh. because I think, again, the first 100 pages or so, I was really going, oh, this is not great. But then once he gets on a mission. The first 100 pages are like 20-20 in a book. Yeah. In writing. Yeah. But once he gets on the <laughs> mission, though, once he has an objective, I felt like it got a lot better. Uh, even though it wasn't a, it's, it wasn't quite the same fun puzzles that we got in the first book, it was something for him to be doing, and he had to work with his friends to do it. Yeah. So maybe the puzzles weren't as good, but, you know, they're all right. So as we were just saying, so. Oh, I just yeah. remembered one of them. Go ahead. It was the the... Like the Sesame Street with the math. He had his little treehouse. Not I'm, Sesame Street, like in gen, but like the thing that was kind of like Sesame Street. It reminded me of Sesame Street. Oh, right. Yeah, like he the, was in some kind of like that. Arcadia? The, yeah, that the, that um, that Kira had programmed, right? Yeah. To, for education. She and oh, that's right. Had made. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of little puzzle type things all through this that, that kind of slip your mind because the one with Prince just dominates because it's so long at the end and, and then the other two that we talked about but yeah there are little things he has to do too so mm-hmm. all right final thoughts anything la- anything we haven't talked about that you want to say about it before we wrap up i found a tie into the movie yeah i'm really proud of oh yeah i don't know what page it was on but h and parsville are talking and h is like remember all the crap you gave me about not liking scary movies oh yeah when in the movie <laughs> the second challenge is the shining i don't like scary movies which is a scary movie have you seen the shining h messes ah, through it my up. fingers <laughs> you're right that's really good yeah I, 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 yeah I it was like the middle of the night when i saw that and i'm like oh my god <laughs> I wanted to run downstairs and tell you, <laughs> but you were asleep. Oh, well. And I didn't want to wake you up in the middle of the night. I'd probably already gone by it and just hadn't thought about it, but that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up there. That's good. So hopefully um, I'm going to have other folks on or have already. We'll put these out in a series over the space of several days and um, see what everybody else thinks about it. So, um Hit us up with your own thoughts and comments about it. And if you haven't read it yet, what are you doing listening to this? Go read the book. (laughs) And we will uh, see you guys down the road. Thanks a lot, Mira. Bye. Yeah. And as always, we have to thank our great patrons who keep all the shows on the White Rocket Entertainment Network going. That includes shows like the White Rocket Podcast that you're listening to now, but also AU Wishbone and Avengers Assemble, Open Wheel Racing Show with Alan, and, of course, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, among others. 
Here are the folks that, that currently keep our programs going. You can join their ranks for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net, plexico.net, my main website. You'll find links to all of our shows, everything else we do there, and also a button that you can click to become a patron and, and join the ranks of these fine people. We have to thank Carl Von Drunker, Samuel Salvatore, Christopher Burleson, Bart Lindsay, Bradley Blackman, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, Logan Chilton, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Tom Anderson, Willie Carden, Ann Kangian, A.U. Falling Up, Ben Bloodworth, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom, David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, James Greenwell, Joel Beckham, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Mickey B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, Timothy, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Alex Wynn, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, Cato the Barner, Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Colby Butler, as well as Danny Flack, Darius Benton, David Simpson, Di Bama, Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Kenoy, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Melissa Blackstone, Mike Finley, Algorithm, Papa Todd, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Shannon Butson, Sarah Hines, Shane Bailey, Snowdog, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Todd Gray, Tony Perry, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Brandon Sisson, Brandon Smith, Chris Como, Como, uh, Chris Como, Darren Pyle, David Smiley, Donnie Reynolds, Ivor Evans, James Taylor, Jason Albrick, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, Justin Bean, Lawrence Kane, Mark Squire, Matthew Flowers, Mick Vigicana, Nicholas Craig, Patrick Williams, and Paul Bankson, as well as Robert Drain, Robert O. Sammons, Russell Souther, Ruth, and Darren Sutherland. That's the truth, Ruth. Spanky, Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson, Kenneth Brent Rains, Brent Rumble, and Chris, along with our one-time and anonymous donors. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Go to www.plexico.net, or you can just go to patreon.com and search for Van Plexico or White Rocket. It all leads you to the same place. And that is, of course, uh, being able to support all of our fine shows. We will see you guys down the road. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment Production.